getting to the heart of the matter. Oftentimes when we're facing situations, we can get blinded with what's on the surface and not get to the heart of the matter. In relationships, we find this so true. How the saying goes, we can turn a molehill into a mountain. Take something that is of importance, but little of importance, and make that a bigger issue than what it really is. And when we allow something to become bigger than what it really is, the problem stays there. That's why we need to take the time to get to the heart of the matter. Some of us are covering up our hearts with so many other issues in our lives. Maybe it's character issues or the pressure of life or just a lot of doubt or insecurities. And you're allowing this to stop you from opening up your heart. You are hurt from somebody else, so you're scared that somebody else is going to hurt you again. You're trying to keep up with the world, but disappointment still sets you back. If you need, in order to get to the heart of the matter, you need to remove these barriers. Remove these issues that are blocking you from getting to the heart of the matter. Amen. Speaking of the heart, the heart is covered so uniquely well. How God made sure that this vital organ of our body is protected naturally. And you can see that and even that in football, they have extra equipment to protect your organs. You see that how we try to make sure our, our, our children on tricycles and, and, and even bikes with training wheels have even more equipment on them than they're going to wear when they grow up and learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> we see our parents are making sure that their children will be properly safe and equipped because they don't want to see any harm or danger come upon them. We have a God that, too, wants to prepare and protect our hearts so hurt and harm and danger won't come on us. But yet, just as that child tell mommy and daddy, I don't need a helmet. I don't need to look both ways before I cross the street. Watch me run. God still will not give up in trying to give you what you need for the protection of your heart. Because what God gives to our heart is for our benefit. For, he gives us his word, and in his word is power and production. When we look in our Bible, Mark 4th chapter, we see Jesus is gathered around by a crowd of people. And the crowd is so great and so big that he gets on a boat so he can properly teach the people. And the Bible says that he starts teaching in parables. We're going to deal with one of these parables this morning or maybe this afternoon. And Jesus is teaching so that people will understand the power of his word. But yet Jesus is teaching to people who have problem in receiving the word. He's teaching the people who are ready to hear the word. He's teaching the people 
who want to hear the word only when it's for their benefit. He's speaking to people who will use the word as long as it sounds good to them, but when troubles arise, they will fall back to their own word. Which one are you this morning? Let me get correct myself this afternoon. Where do you stand in receiving God's word? And if you need an assessment, take the time now to look in the mirror. How do you see yourself this afternoon? How, how did you see yourself this morning when you woke up? Were you happy with what you saw? Or were you thinking about some opportunities missed? Or were you thinking about some problems in your life? Or were you thinking about some responsibilities that have now fallen upon you that seem more than a burden, than a blessing? Or maybe you're seeing troubles arise in your life that you just don't know how you're going to make it. Where you stand is where you are right now. But you don't have to stay there forever. Because Jesus is speaking about this word that can bring awesome production in your life. Looking at verse 2 in Mark 4th chapter, it says, He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still the other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop. Some multiplied 30 and some 60 and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has an ear to hear, let them hear. Then going down to verse 20. Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times that was sown. I'm going to deal with the theme about revealing your heart to get real. In order for you to have a productive life, a fruitful life, you have to open up your heart to receive the word of God. And in this process of, of opening up the heart, I, I want you to see how Jesus was able to teach this parable to these people for them to understand. Because they understood what he was talking about. He wasn't speaking foreign language to them. He was breaking, breaking down to them saying, look, you know how a farmer prepares his land. He takes a plow and he plows through the dirt. As he plows through the dirt, the dirt that he plows goes across the side and, and opens up room for the seed to get into the heart of the soil, get into the heart of the matter, so that when the, it has opportunity to get root. But the seeds also, he liberally plants the seed. He doesn't go one by one, drop it, make sure it gets in the hole. He just casts the seeds. And the seeds fall where they fall. And the seeds will fall, as he pointed out, some on stony ground, some on, 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 and will grow amongst the thorns, and, and some will grow into good soil. But the question is this morning is for you to observe your life right now and see where you are. Are you ready to receive the word or there's some dirt you need to remove? In this parable, I, I'm going to touch on some dirt that had to be removed. 
had it be some dirt of weariness. It said that the sea fell on the soil and birds came. And, and, and Jesus went and explained to his disciples that the bird and what came was Satan came and took it. We, we, we heard the children singing a song, the devil's been defeated. You know, take back what he stole from, you know, stomp on the devil. See, when you have wariness, you have skeptical, you're, you're not fully believing what God has. And so therefore, you're allowing Satan to rob you of the truth and feed you with lies. Because if you don't know the truth, how can you know the truth from the false? How, how can you give a child a true false test when they don't know which is true or which is false? That's how, how Satan confuses us. Because if he can stop you from getting the truth, you don't know. What you're doing is wrong. Paul pointed out, he said, I know covetedness because of the law. Because of the law, I know what sin is. Some of us don't want to look at the word of God because we don't know. We don't want to know we're living wrong. Or when people talk to us about the word, we're quick to judge. To say, how, how dare you tell me and tell me what I, I'm doing wrong? Who are you? And, and that's the situation. When we are not we're tr trusting the word of God, we are wary. We're a little bit leery of what people are saying. Uh, we're a little bit uh, not willing to fully put truth into their words. So therefore, what it, it just it steals away. Some of us just go forth to places. Just maybe, just like maybe me and, my, and some of my classes. I would sit there and listen to the teacher and walk out. I did not learn a thing. Because I was drawing, playing games with my friends. Or maybe I acted up, I got kicked out. So therefore, I was I allowed myself and my, my, my wariness and me not believing the teacher had something good for me, so I was robbed. So when I did have that pop quiz or when that test did come up, I was lacking some information. Some of us in our lives are hitting hardships in our lives because we're lacking information. We're not having the truth of the word to, to validly stand on. We're not having the word, of, the word of God to help us produce fruitfulness in our lives. We're allowing Satan to get a foothold. We're leaving doors open for Satan to get in because we're not allowing the word of God to get in. Because when we hear the word, we don't try to receive it. We don't try to accept it. But we take on to what the world provides and what Satan provides. And that is going to leave you with an unfruitful life. Dirt of weariness. Moving the dirt of weariness is another issue to deal with, but also you have to look to the dirt of weak, of, of, I'm sorry, dirt of weakness. Yeah, dirt of weakness. The next dirt. <laughs> it said that it, it was able to grow just a little while, but it didn't produce fruit. The dirt of weakness means that it was shallow. Character wasn't fully developed. Have you met some people that you saw so much potential in, but the lack of character stopped them from growing? Many people are in jail and locked up because of lack of character. The judge spoke on Martha Stewart and, and another gentleman, I can't remember the name, is saying, if only they do as parents tell their children, tell the truth, they will not suffer the problems they had. When Martha Stewart was confronted about what has happened, she lied. And they found out her of perjury. What happened to her? She served time. The same situation in our lives that when we don't have the word rooted in us to remind us, thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal, thou shall not commit adultery, thou, thou shall not have no other gods before me. When we have the word of God to remind, it helps us to do what we ought to do when it gets hard. But when it gets hard and you don't have the word, you shrivel up and die. You, you have a weakness of care. You're not able to persevere. You're not, not able to push because the word of God will give you strength. 
The word of God will remind you, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word of God will let you know with God for us, who can be against us. The word of God reminds you just as sorry, even though I've been beaten five times, been shipwrecked, been left for dead, I, I still was faithful to the vision that God has called me to. You'll be able to stand up knowing I am doing this because of the word of God. I, I may be criticized. I, I may be persecuted, but I'm going to stand up for the word of God. I, I want to be just like John and Peter that I want to celebrate because I was persecuted because I, because I stood up. For the word of God. Dr. King, we celebrate him, but he stood up for the word of God. Uh, people were after him. We, we remember now 40 years of his assassination. But daily, he stood up in the face of death. In face of, 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 of death notices coming to his house. Even Jackie Robinson played the game of baseball in spite of people saying, I'm going to kill you. But when you stand up for a principle, when you stand up for a value, when you stand up for what you believe, it's kind of hard for people to push you off. Think about how stubborn we are with our own selfish things. If you come in my house, I got a certain way I like things to be. And I'll make sure you know about it. I like my house a mess. It's going to stay a mess. <laughs> so don't you come in trying to move stuff because you think it's going to help me out. I know where my stuff is. It's right where I left it. I'm talking about me. I don't know everybody else. <laughs> I have my mind made up. And so it's hard for you to sway me, to change my mind, because I've already made up my mind that this is who I am. This is how it's going to be. Same situation in our lives. We get caught up in doing what we want to do instead of listening to the word of God to help us to get where we want to be. So we're forever staying where we don't want to be, forever looking where we want to be. Because we didn't open up and let the word of God really get in. We're in some stony areas. We didn't, we didn't really open ourselves up to grow. We're weak in character. We're sort of like the seasons. When springtime comes, we spring forth, we bring forth. Looks pretty productive. But when that summer comes in, the heat come burn you up. You're not ready to go for it. Well, or, or maybe some of us are like perennials, you know. We, we are rooted and granted, but maybe some of us are just annuals. That we can only last for a season. But when the fall comes, we fall apart. And we're not able to make it till next spring. Because we got to be replanted. But I'm glad that Jesus is in the planting business. So maybe you did fall apart. Maybe you didn't make it as, as far as you wanted to make it. But yet the kingdom of God is like the word still coming forward. And this word still has that same great power to produce in your life. But where are you right now? Are you dealing with dirt of weariness, dirt of weakness? Or maybe you're dealing with dirt, dirt of worries. The dirt of worries is that storm, those thorns. It says that pressure got on them and choked them up. This pressure means of, of, of troubles, of, of perplexing. That, that the reason why they were in trouble because they were trying to go after deceitfulness of wealth. Deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires of this word. I, I want to help you out in, the, in, the, in, the, in first and second and third John. You can open it up and oftentimes you see John talking about to love of the world is not what you should do because God hates the world. 
Wow. This world is destined to be destroyed. Tell me, what do you do with stuff you don't like? You throw it away. You destroy it. Does the Bible now say that God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth? But the problem is, in this world, we want to gratify stuff that's perishing. Do you go into your garbage to find your next meal? But in the world, we want to go into trash to see what's going to supply us, what's going to feed us. It's deceitful. If I, if I only had more money, I would be better off. No, you'd be worse off. People think, if I have more money, I will give more. No, you would give less. Studies show that people usually who are the least give more than those who are wealthiest. <laughs> Studies show this. I was reading and said that the state of Mississippi is one of the most impoverished states overall, but yet it's leading, it's like in the top eight in leading and giving. While the richest state, I believe it said it was Vermont, is like down to 48th and giving. People think if I have more, I give more. No, if you don't give now, what's make sure you're gonna give when you get more? We assume that only if I attain what the world said I should attain, I'll be better off. Wrong. Only if you attain what God gives you, hallelujah, you'll be better off. Because God has given you a promise of production. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. I don't think you can go to Forbes. He could promise you a life abundantly. Or Swab or any of those places. They, they can give you advice, but it's not guaranteed. We place more trust. I have one too in an IRA fund and, and make sure my, in my savings account put money in there, but that's not guaranteed. I can be robbed. I can pass away. That bank system can crash. Did you see that commercial talking about how a missile could hit a satellite and all your stuff can be lost? That is so true. Remember we were scared with 2K or what happened if the computer set back all my money and all this stuff would be lost. People was withdrawing their monies out of their accounts, putting in their house. But when your house burn up, your money still be gone. You know, we get caught up thinking if I can hold on to it, if I can hold on to it, if I can touch it, it's going to stay there. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Just hold on to the one who holds the world in his hands. Hallelujah. And everything's going to be all right. We get confused thinking if I just have just what the world promised me, but the world promises you absolutely nothing that's going to produce production and peace and joy in your life. Where does joy come from? It's in the word of God. Where does peace come from? It's in the word of God. Where does mercy come from? It's in the word of God. Where does love come from? It's in the word of God. And when you put that word in you, hallelujah, all that love, joy, peace, and mercy can come out of you. I want you to understand that joy does not come from you doing things that, that, that just, just makes you feel good. Joy comes from, from you doing what God has called you to do. That's hurting somebody right now. They're not, they're not catching that right now. They're not catching that one. Let me help you out for a, song, for, for a moment. When do you feel most excited in your life? When you're doing right or when you're doing wrong? Mm. When do you feel most alive in your life? When you do things that you enjoy or doing things that you loathe? When do you wake up excited to go on vacation, to go to your job, 
or just to go meet a loved one. You know, see, there's things that get you excited because you want to do things for those people or do things for yourself because it makes you feel good. And I want you to understand that when you're continually doing the work of the Lord, joy will be with you. How will joy be with you? Because joy will be, I know I am doing the right thing. Joy will be just like Martin Luther King. I may be locked up, but I'm going to write a letter to the president. <laughs> and they're going to read this letter because I'm speaking truth. I'm, I'm willing to stand up. Joy is that in spite of being stoned and being left out for dead like Paul, I, I will get up and still speak the, the word of God. Joy is like Jesus. Even though y'all going to rebuke me, even though y'all going to chastise me, even though y'all going to beat me down, I don't see the cross as punishment, but I see it as the joy because when I get past the cross, I'll be seated at the right hand of the Father. I realize I got to go through some things, but it's because of the Word of God I'm here. Does it not say beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and later on it tells you how the Word became flesh, and His Word that became flesh, we know Him as Jesus, uh, the Messiah, the horn of salvation. And Jesus pointed out that because I'm doing the work of the Lord, I can give you joy, <laughs> and a joy I give you will be complete joy. It won't be lacking. He said, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Many of us are going through so many trials and tribulations in our life because we're wary of the word of God. We're, we're weak in the word of God. We, we worry too much about the world and don't trust the word of God. But Jesus says, come. I, I want you to give fruit. Some 25%, some 30%, some 100%. But guess what? You're going to give fruit. But you got to remove this dirting out of your life. To reveal your heart. What's your heart issues? Are, are you weak in your character? You, you think it should be all about you. You think that only if you had a little bit more money. If only you had some more friends. If only you got that raise. Have you ever asked, if only I, I obey God. If only I trusted the word more. If only I prayed more. If, if only I studied more. If only I served more. If only I loved more. We need to start asking those questions and say, God, uh, how can I do more of you and less of me? We get caught up trying to please ourselves. And while you're trying to please yourself, you're still living empty. Because this world is deceitful. If God is truth, the enemy is lies. And the enemy is trying to do all he can to confuse you, thinking if your friends pat you on your back, you must be doing a good job. Ain't wrong. If your friends pat you on the back, you need to go to God and see if he's patting you on the back. If people are criticizing you even when you're standing up for the word of God, you need to check yourself. Maybe I might be messing up. See, don't, don't get so caught up with yourself that you forget to inspect yourself. See, the problem is that oftentimes people get in such a position that they stop looking in themselves and start looking at every other body, everybody else. We need to be just like an archer. When an archer is shooting his arrow at that bullseye, and if the archer misses, he doesn't blame the target. The archer realizes, I got to readjust my aim. I have to readjust my focus. Because the target didn't move, I'm just off focus. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Where is your center? Where is your heart? Where are you placing your values? Are you placing more on value of material things, things that will pass away? Or are you placing on the word of God? Jesus promises that seek ye first. The kingdom of God and all this rising and all these other things will be added unto you. See, we get concerned about what we can get for ourselves 
and we forget what God can give to us. I was reading something else that said this, that this man quoted, said, hell must be like this. God letting you see all of what you could have been. Somebody went over somebody's head. Hell must be like this. God letting you see all of what you could have been. Many of us don't want to live a life of regrets. But when we allow ourselves to not trust God and trust ourselves more, we, we miss out on production in our lives. And we can't blame anybody else but yourself. When you did not allow God to use you, you lost out on that dream. And, and sometimes we got to be careful who we share our dreams with. So some people still don't believe in you. They'll just shoot it down. That, that's not going to work. Why did he give you that idea? We allow the world to steal things from us because we don't trust God enough. I'm going to show you a little something about Samuel Thomas Dern. I'm not here because everybody was behind me. I'm here because there were people against me and there were people for me. But the bottom line is I'm here because God has brought me here. I want you to cast this. I want you to cast this. I want you to cast this. See, many times people will be for you and be against you, but it does not matter what they say or what they'll do. But it matters most and foremost, are you doing his will? And the way for you to find out if you're doing his will is to open up your Bible and see, am I lining up with the word of God? Uh, uh, am I weak in some areas? And I'm wary in some areas. I'm not fully trusting God in my relationships, but I fully trust God over here in this part of my life. Uh, I make sure I never tell a lie, but, but I don't know about these areas here. I make sure I never steal, uh, but I may get drunk every once in a while. I make sure I don't kill anybody, but I might commit adultery. I, I make sure I won't lie to anybody, but I'll gossip behind their back. See, different areas that we kind of wary in. We don't let the word sink in. Or, or some areas we know we look good at. Come Sunday morning, we can praise God. We can stomp our feet. We can wave our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. But when we walk out, we forget Jesus. Because we act like, now I'm getting back to the real world. No, ain't wrong. Mm, nope. God should be a part of your life each and every day. Sunday is just another opportunity for you to give them prime time. Y'all know prime time, right? You know, that, that main time, you make sure you can sit down and, and enjoy yourself to give them that prime time, that extreme time. Just, just like the time, you know, in other words, I wouldn't call it prime time. I call it Cub baseball time. Now, that's why I try to give God because when baseball's on the Cubs, I don't want nothing to interrupt me, nothing to distract me. I want to enjoy the game as I want to enjoy the game. You can ask my, my little brother, even going to the Chiefs game, that he got sick and he wanted to go. I was mad at him because I just wanted to enjoy the game, but we left anyway because because he was ill, but that's how stubborn I get sometimes that with the baseball. If I want to enjoy it, I want to enjoy how I want to enjoy it. We need to allow God to do with us and have his way with us so we can see fruitfulness in our lives. Remove this dirt of weariness and worriness and weakness and, and realize when you put the seed of the word of God in your heart, how the fruit is going to start coming out. It says the fruit of the spirit is joy, love, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Against this thing there is no law. Why is there no law? Because what can stop God? I wish I had some help this morning. <laughs> what can stop God? God is love. Who can stop love from moving forward? Who can stop love from changing somebody's heart? You see, we realize that this, if he could forgive me and change my heart, 
Has he changed anybody's heart here today? <laughs> have, you, have you realized how, how you used to might have cursed somebody out, but now you're able to hold your tongue just a little bit longer? I said just a little bit longer. <laughs> you can hold it just a little bit longer. And sometimes you might hold it just right that when you walk away, you can say, thank you, Jesus. I still got my job. Hello. <laughs> I'm still in good standards because I allowed you to speak through me. It was your word. It wasn't my word. It was your word that produced some production in my life. It was your word that when I was ready to go outside of my mind, it was your word that transformed my mind. It was your word that gave me peace in the middle of the storm. It was your word. I'm going to close with this illustration. Now, you know I'm a Baptist preacher. I get five closes now. A mouse and an elephant are getting ready to cross a bridge. So they cross this bridge and they make it across this ravine safely. And the mouse looks up to the elephant. Thinking back, while we crossed that bridge, did you feel the bridge shake? We sure shook that bridge, didn't we? <laughs> when we walk with God, we have so much strength and power that we can be like this and say, God, we sure enough did it, didn't we? We can look back over our lives and say, hey, the world tried to choke me up, but the word, it sure enough did it, didn't it, God? The world tried to, Satan tried to snatch away my victory. Satan tried to snack away, snatch away my peace, but the word of God, it did it, didn't it? I'm glad today that I know that no matter what the world will put against me, no matter what trials and tribulations may come, the word of God will never come back void. Hallelujah. The word of God has power to give production in my life. Good God from Zion. It is the word of God that wakes me up every morning. It's the word of God that gives me peace when I'm ready to give up. It's the word of God that keeps me running when I want to lay down. It's the word of God when in my sickbed I know my healer still lives. It's the word of God that when it's dark I can still see the light. It's the word Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, I want you just to be able to testify that the word of God is speaking in my life. My heart is open. My heart is open for the word to come in, for the word to set roots in deep on down. Let the word of Christ come on down so I can sing on Christ. The solid rock I stand. I can skid in the word and realize a Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I can get in the word and say, at the cross, at the cross, I first saw the light. In the word will remind me that even though I'm going through some trials and some tribulations, I know my God will bring me through. How do I know? Because it's in the word of God and his word. Is it in me? Is it in somebody this afternoon? Uh, is it in somebody this afternoon? Put the word in and see the fruitfulness in your life. It's time for you to get real and look at your heart and see where you are and see where you need to change. And I, and I tell you this, that in the word of God, when you let it come in, it will change you from the inside out.
Let's pray, Father, right now. God, we've not always been where we ought to be, nor have we always done what we always should have done. Your word shows us that there's none righteous before you. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But, Lord, it was your grace and your mercy that brought us through. And, Father, right now we realize that we desperately need your word in our hearts. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And Father, right now I pray if there's someone here who does not know Christ, that, Lord, they see the promise of Christ today, that he's, he's come to give them a life and give it to them a life more abundantly, and that Jesus did die on the cross for their sins so that they may live forever with him in the house of many mansions. So we thank you, Father, that Jesus is preparing a place for us. And, Father, while we're still here, we want to prepare our hearts for you to receive your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen.